Blog Talk Radio. Hi, guys, and welcome to um, Adoptees Unplugged. That is our um, new series we're doing, and I love it. This is only our second show, um, but we're so glad to do that, and we're getting ready to enter into Adoptee um, Adoption Awareness Month. But, um, you know, it affects all of us adoptees, and it affects moms, too. So, um, but, you know, um, my next guest, um, again, this is another Indiana person. So, you know, I'm just thankful to have everybody, you know, close to me that's on my board. And, um, you know, I I love having people that are on my board that are not only, you know, great people, but they're also my friends. And um, Jennifer is one of those. Um, but Gen- Jennifer is also unique in the sense that she's not only an adoptee, but she's a mom. Um, so I kind of want to read this so I don't don't mess this up. But Jennifer um, not only went into reunion herself with not only her mom, but she found her son. And this all happened in three months, you guys. I mean, so if you guys think going into reunion for yourself is a big deal, Try finding not only your mom, but your son. I mean, that's got to be, you know, that's a lot to process. Um, But then Jennifer did an article, and if any of you guys have heard about how the struggle is to get a passport, it's true. And people have asked me that, you know, is that really true? Does that happen? It does. And um, Jennifer experienced it. So we're going to let her tell us, you know, how that happened and, you know, that's one of the key points that she got to use um, for us in our Indiana bill. And um, I loved seeing the legislator's face when she could actually show them, uh, buddies, it does happen to us. So welcome to our guest. Um, thanks, Jennifer, for coming on and um, telling us your story. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Pam. Well, I'm glad you got to come on and tell your story. I know it, so um, but you know, I don't know if I know everything either. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna listen just along with everybody else. So um, I think we can start with tell me about like your first steps. I mean, what even like everybody? I mean, we all have our you know kind of you know thoughts to make us want to do our reunion. What was your first you know decision to even start to go into reunion? You know, growing up, we were not allowed to talk about being adopted, even though obviously we were told at a very young age, because I don't even remember, that um, I also have a, an older brother that's adopted. And so he and I would talk. And then we moved, and my next-door neighbor, same age as me, also adopted. So I had this little clique of uh, adopted people that I could talk to, even though we weren't allowed to talk about it in our household. And, you know, right. we would do the typical young adoptee fantasizing things. I mean, that's when I always said, you know, man, we're, our birthdays are so close. Maybe we're really sisters, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, it was a desire that I always had. Um, right. And off and on, growing up, you know, you could attempt to ask questions. Um you were very quickly shut down and reminded we don't talk about that subject. Um, oh, yeah. So I, you know, there really was no way to search. Um, 
I'm sure my brother and I probably dug through our parents' files when they weren't home trying to see if we could find, you know, paperwork or something. Um, But there really was nothing. It wasn't until, you know, I was an adult and married that I said, okay, there's got to be a way. And still really nothing. Internet was a big boon, you know, but that was still even a cumbersome thing to register and be on the Internet. And even though I was on for years, you know, never had any matches or anything even close. Um, And even though I I say I was looking, I really, I didn't know about the registry, had never heard about it. Um, I didn't really know how to look. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, you you yeah. look at the faces of other people and tell them I related to that person and, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, it really wasn't until that I needed a passport um, that I got super, super serious about this. And I, I registered everywhere. That's when I found out about the registry. Of course, my mother wasn't registered because um, she didn't know about it either. But, right. you know, that, that kind of spurred the whole thing that I finally, my adoptive mother has passed at this time. Um, so I'm able to go to my dad and say, what's the story? You know, I need a passport. I need this, this proof of who I am. And, and he's going to be 90 this year. So he he says, I, you know, I, I just, I don't remember. He says, you know, I know how we got you. And, you know, he told me that story. and. But he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I need my adoption decree. And he goes, oh, I don't know where that is. Because I'm not even sure right. they still have that. Right. And so I waited for them to, to come back from their winter in Florida. And he checked the safe deposit box. And he goes, no, nah, I don't have it. So I, I called the attorney that handled my adoption because I finally learned that. Found that it was a family friend. And I called and he's like, oh, he goes, I've just shut down my practice. I don't have anything. I can't tell you anything. Um, he said, but go petition the court. So that started my petitioning of the court um, to get my uh, adoption decree. took me three times of petitioning the court um, before I was able to get it. And, I don't think uh, I knew that. The first... It took you three times? Mm-hmm. Wow, I don't think times. I knew that part. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So and I'm why like, and why did uh, it, I don't remember why why did it take you three times to do that? Did you have three different three different CIs at that point? Or no, were you I doing it on your own? It was just me. Yeah, it was just, just you. Me. Okay. Okay. Maybe I did know that. Yeah. Three I times. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if it was a difference in in judges. Um, right. The final judge that did grant it to me is a judge that knows my family, but I wouldn't yeah. even known where to look had I not figured out about the mutual consent registry and got my right. non-ID because I never right. thought I was born where I was actually born. So I right. would have been going to the wrong courts to look. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the clerk, I said, you know, I need a copy of my adoption decree for my, to get a passport. And she brings me up a photocopy from the basement and she's like, here you go. And I'm like, uh, this isn't going to work. You've cut off all the filing dates. I said, I need you to make me another copy and don't blow it up so much. So right. she goes back down to the basement, gets the hard copy file, comes up, slaps it on the copy machine next to me, takes the copy off and hands it to me. Well, this time yeah. there's nothing blacked out in it. And I am like uh-huh. almost to my mother's name, and she realizes what she has done, and she pulls away from me. And she goes, ah, just a minute here. 
kicks the Sharpie to it. And I'm like, oh, oh, it was so close. You know, and so I, I paid for my copy. I went out to my car and I said, it's just a Sharpie. You know, so I turned on the flashlight on my cell phone and I held it up behind it. And I'm like, oh, there's my mother's name. I could read it right through the copy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, there it is, right there, so, right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So I drove, like, the four blocks over to the genealogy center and said, I, I need to find somebody. You know, I, I knew her age from my non-ID. Um, you know, she would have been about the class of, you know, such and such. And the librarian starts pulling out yearbooks. And yep, we found her, and I'm like, wow, it's my mom. Wow. First time I've ever seen a picture. Now, granted, you know, she was the age she was when she had me, but it's like, wow, that's my mom. So I'm like, well, now I need to know who she is. So I drove back four blocks the other way over to Vital Records and said, you didn't know the married name of this person. She would have gotten married approximately, and I gave her an age range, and she popped it up, and she's like, oh, yeah, here's her last name. This is who she's married to. I'm like, great. So go home and do some research wow. and find out she lives right next door to a good friend of mine. Oh, my gosh. And, and I mean, and this is all in, like, one day you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I said it was my third trip up there to, to petition, but on the third right. time I, I got from got my adoption decree to my mother's maiden name to her married name and address. Right. Wow. I mean, and, you know, I don't think people, people now, you know, I mean, they are doing some of that, but, you know, now they're doing it through DNA and things like that. So, I mean, they are doing some of the sleuthing that we're doing, but not quite on the same level, you know. So we had to kind of do the old-fashioned-y kind of sleuthing. I mean, because, you know, there wasn't quite, it wasn't quite, I mean, we're, I mean, it is the same, but it's not, you know, but. It's like, you know, like the photocopying thing, you know, <laughs> but right, I mean, right. it's, you know, I mean, it is the same, but it's not, you know, I mean, mine goes way back, but I mean, it was really like really phone book sleuthing and, you know, things like that. But it's, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you just feel like you're just digging and digging and digging, you know, but. I can't believe that she blew up that copy and there it was in front of you. And then you're like, ah, no, don't take it from me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know how you, you did it back then. Like I said, I didn't even know a place to start. I actually thought I was born in Fort Wayne. So right. you know, I would have been looking in the wrong place. But that was, you know, some of the misdirection my mother allowed me to believe because right. she was insecure, you know. Right. And you think uh, that was on purpose, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, I, I, you know, that's I now know there. that things make sense, but, you know. Right. Well, and do you think, I mean, I guess we can go off on that little bit of a tangent there, but that insecurity that our, that our adoptive parents feel, I mean, they're so worried. I mean, we're adults. No one's going to just pick us up and take us off and away. No one... No one's carrying us anywhere. I mean, what they don't realize is if they if they help us, if they, you know, you know, give us that balance, it's actually better than doing it the other direction. 
you know, and I don't think they're they realize that, you know. But yeah, um, if, if my adoptive mother had been supportive, um, it would have been a bonding experience for us because although I loved her um, and she loved me, it, we weren't particularly close because I wasn't who she wanted me to be. I right. was complete opposite of her and she couldn't relate to me and she couldn't understand why I didn't want and desire the same things that she did. But I think if we had taken this journey together, she would have understood me better and we would have had a better appreciation of each other. And I think she would have liked my mom when she met her. Right. I mean, but she let fear, you know, dominate our whole relationship. And really, that's what this is all about altogether. It, fear really dominates this whole thing. I mean, and it's such a shame. I mean, it really is. I mean, and we just let fear dominates a lot of things, you know. But, right. yeah. So so you find out where your mom lives, and she is close to a friend of yours, and then what do you do? Well, I come home, I tell my husband when he gets home from work, and he's like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, I can't just show up at her door. I mean, I'm a mom too. I wouldn't, I, my husband had always known, but I never told my children because honestly I thought he's a boy, he's never going to care, he's never going to show up here. I'll just upset my kids, and then they'll always be wondering about the brother they can't find. So I didn't tell them. So I'm like, okay, I can't show up at her door, you know, so what am I going to do? So I decided to write her a letter, and it was so nondescript that if her husband picked it up and read it, wouldn't really know what was going on. I just mentioned that we met, and I mentioned my birthday, you know, doing some family research type thing, hoping she could help me out, and here's my contact information. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, the, the same day that she got that, I got an email from her. Um, yeah. You know, and said, you know, she's happy to hear from me. Um, you know, that we need to get together and, and talk, but just give her a day or two to collect her thoughts. And it was very bad timing. I didn't know at the time, but her, she had a, a brother that had just died. And oh, she was no. dealing with his final arrangements and everything. So I, you know, <laughs> had really bad timing. But, I mean, she did. She followed right back up with me. Um, and, you know, within a, well, it's about a week later that, you know, I was up at her house meeting her for the very first time. Oh. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, because we don't know what's. And I think that's the hard thing is we don't know, you know, what is on the other side of that. We just don't know. And, it's hard for us because, you know, we want we want to just dive right in, but we don't want to dive right in, you know. We want to just reach out, you know, and, and say, here we are, and we worry. Are they going to respond back? Are they going to, you know, be there for us? Are they going to say, you know, are they going to, you know, be there for us? We don't know what they've, what they're experiencing, and we're hoping they're going to be there, you know. So, um, 
that's got to have been hard for her, you know. Um, so she was receptive yeah. and everything. Everything was good on that end. Yeah, and, you know, luckily, I mean, the same situation with me. I mean, she had, her husband has always known about me. Now, right. they didn't know whether I was a boy or a girl, but she knew that, you know, she had a child out there somewhere, and that was, you know, part of the package deal when, you know, she got married. Her husband knew about that and that there was a child out there somewhere. And so, I mean, nobody was really surprised, but once again, like me, she had never told my sisters about me. Um, and so by the time I found her, I had one sister that was still um, living. And so she uh-huh. needed until after after Christmas. So she needed like two weeks um, to be able to tell her other daughter that lives out of state about me. So, right. yeah, I mean, it, right. it all went better than I could have imagined because I was prepared right. for, you know, the worst. Right. Yeah, we do. We, pre- we prepare. We always, and, I, you know, I hear everybody, like, they, you know, we talk, I talk to many of our peeps, and they say, I'm prepared. I, You know, I've prepared myself. Mm. I don't know if we are really. I mean, I think we, as much as we can, we do prepare ourselves. You know, we talk ourselves through, you know, what, how will I feel? You know, what will I say? You know, and I try to help out, you know. You know, this is this is what could happen. You know, this is what might be said. You know, this is how you might feel. But, you know, never do we know the full brunt of what it could feel like, you know. And I don't right. think, I think even, and this sounds bad, I don't think, I don't think we ever can ever pass through the, the worst of the emotion of it. But... Somehow there is some type of closure, but but even in the worst of it, we're not prepared for that because it's still it's still the most awful feeling to not be accepted. We're never ready for that, never, because that's not that's not okay. It's not okay for a mother yeah. to not accept their child, an adult child at that. You know, it's not okay. Um, that'll never be okay to me. I don't think. I mean. I know it won't. Um, yeah, no, you know, my know father why. does not accept me. But that, I mean, I say, to me, I, I, I get a little upset about it. Um, but to me, it's his loss. But I would probably feel much more emotional about it if it was my mother who said, no, nah, I, don't, I don't need to see you, know anything about you, talk to you. Right. That, would, that would be more painful than my father's rejection. Right, right. Because there's something about that maternal connection, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, mean, if you, you carry a yeah. baby for nine months, then how do you say that I, I don't want that? I, I get that men don't have that bond really right. Like a, with a child like a mother does. Right. Yeah, I think it – well, and I think, you know, paternally, they they never worry really ever in the picture most of them they they never really stepped in at all they were removed from it right from the get-go i mean except for the one moment right i mean (laughs) other than that moment they they other than that brief moment or however long the moment was they then were gone they were never really part of it um and some of them didn't even know so they had no connection really 
Um, so they were just totally out of it. Um, so you and your mom kind of spent, you know, that time. And then then she finds out that you relinquished also. What did she think about that? Oh, I had, I had actually told her that uh, in the early, early communication with her because I wanted to convey that message that then where you are and I understand. Right. Um, you know, so it's not just, I'm, I'm not just an adoptee. I don't, you know, I'm both. I get where you're coming from type right. thing. And if, if you need to do what you need to do, then I, I understand the reasons behind that. I mean, if she had sure. said, you know, hey, I'll, I'll talk to you, but, you know, we can't meet because my husband can never know. I can right. understand that because I still struggle today with being a mom and letting people know that because the shame that they told you to carry, they so beat that into you. It's right. very, very hard. Even when you've been out of the mom closet for a couple of years, it's still hard to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And how did she, did she have any insight to you? I mean, about you relinquishing it all. I mean, did she have any thought process on that or did she say anything about that? You know, our situations were so different because um, yeah. I would I would have been her second child, and she intended to keep me. Um, my grandparents were excited about you know having another baby. Now my mother being unmarried, they weren't thrilled about that, but right. you know the plan was to keep me. Um, but this was in a small town, and we had a judge who'd been on the bench for a very, very long time. And he was the moral police of our community. And he found out that my mother was having a child out of wedlock. So he sent a court clerk out to their farm. And um, my grandmother answered the door and said, you know, here to give you a message that if she thinks she's keeping this baby, um, that's not going to happen. Um, because if she tries, the court will take her other daughter as well. Why did they have a say-so? I mean, why why was that why was that even an option? Just the time of you know the existence. Yeah, of it, it was it was the times. I mean, early '60s, small town Indiana. Yeah, that was yeah. that was not acceptable. And I mean, I I, I get it. My mother tried. Um, you know, they, when she went into labor at the hospital, I mean, the the court was notified, um, you know, she was put under and when she woke up, I was gone. Um, she hired an attorney, um, that was the same attorney that was representing my parents in my adoption. So, I mean, she obviously wasn't, wasn't going to win that and as a mom, you know, you, it's bad enough to lose one child. You can't lose two. Right. So at some point right. you have to say, I'm not going to win. And I, I don't blame her for that. That's a position that no woman should be put in. No, ever. absolutely not. Right. Yeah, I, I just can't so, imagine. I mean, I, I mean, can't be angry at her. No, 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 can't. I can't imagine being told that. 
you know, someone coming to your house and not giving you a choice. I mean, that is complete helplessness. Yeah. So your mom kept your sister, I mean, had your sister, right? Yeah, yeah. She was just um, about 15 months older than me. We actually went to uh, school together and were friends and didn't know it. We were sisters. Wow. That is just nuts. I can't imagine. I didn't. Yeah, that's I, that's very strange. Crazy. Yeah. And I wished I had found my mom sooner. Um, yeah. Because by the time I found her, you know, uh, my older sister had, had already died. But it would have been so neat because I was sent away and I never went back to that community. So, I mean, I lost track of her. Um, but it would have been so neat to be able to come back and say, oh, my gosh, can you believe we were sisters and we didn't know it? Yeah. And 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 what what did your sister pass away from? Oh, she had um, pulmonary embolism. Oh gosh! Wow. So, how far apart were you and your sister? Just a couple of years, or a year? Or? About fifteen months. Wow! 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 Yeah, and you didn't get the chance to say that. That's a shame. That's really a shame. Yeah. And you went on to find then just a few months, and then you got to then find your son. Yeah, that was uh, that is something I I started on his 18th birthday. Um, I right. had already requested my hospital records um, because it was so traumatic. I mean, I had just turned 16 when I realized I was pregnant with him, um, and everything that happened surrounding that that I can't remember huge blocks of time. And no matter what I try, I can't remember them. So I'm like, I need my hospital records. So I got that. And I remembered Lutheran Social Services. There was no doubt I would remember them. Um, Right. But I contacted them, told them who I was, um, that they had told me that um, when he turned 18, that he would be able to contact me. I just uh-huh. had to keep my information up to date with him. So, I mean, I called on his 18th birthday and said, hey, you know, in case he calls, here's my current information. I want him to have contact with me. You know, I dropped off a letter to them and nothing, 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 nothing. And, you know, so I registered on more sites, um, you know, and I just kept – Add, you can only do it for so long or it'll make you insane. Right. But, you know, I would go work on it a couple of months and then I'd have to back away and then wait a few more months and go back at it again. And, I, right. I you know, I did that for years. Um, and then, you know, as more and more adoption reunion sites, you know, popped up and I could register sure. on G's and adoption.com, oh, yeah. and I mean, I was, any, anything I could find, you know, I was registered on, um, and it was happened to be during one of these, I can't do it right now, phases, that yeah. his dad contacted me, and and actually today is uh, the anniversary of, of his other son's death, so, you know, it was really bothering him, he had lost a son to adoption, and then he'd lost a son in a tragic accident. And he contacted me, and he goes, I have to know if our son's okay. He goes, I, I just can't keep going on this way. 
if he doesn't want anything to do with us, that's fine. I just need to know if he's okay. Right. So I agreed. I said, okay, let me do this again. And I went back on to one of the websites that I was registered. And I ran the search again. And this time, three matches popped up. Oh, wow. What? I've never gotten matches before. Right, right. One was a girl, so throw that one out. So it left me two. And <laughs> you know, that's it. I am like, okay, I contact the first one on the list and he he mailed me back right away and he goes, Oh, he goes, That's not really my birthday. He goes, So I'm not the right one. I'm like, Oh no. Oh, so great. email the last the last my last choice on the list and email him and in a short time back I got a response and he's like I have been looking for you forever. He goes, I had oh my, my name, but it was your maiden name, and I couldn't figure out how to find you. Oh, no. And you're like, I'm right here. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what he he figured out. We were we were talking, you know, got his dad on the phone, and we were talking, and he was telling me, you know, how close he'd always been to me. And right. um, he mentioned somebody's name. And I'm like, you know that person? He's like, yeah. And I said, yeah. that's my husband's cousin. And he goes, oh, no. were you at so-and-so's funeral like oh, no. a month ago? And I'm like, yeah, I was there. And he goes, were you wearing such and such? And I'm like, yes, I was. And he goes, I saw you at that funeral. And he goes, I just had a feeling that you were my mom. Uh-oh. Isn't that But he didn't come and say anything to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was in the same room with him and didn't know. Well, you know, have have you, I mean, well, you and I have been in this long enough that we know that there are so many stories. And I, I find that we have this, I don't know whether you call it a sixth sense or you call it a gut instinct or, and I know, listen, I know that every, And I want to say that, and I know women have it, men have it, people have it, mothers have it especially, but adoptees have it in the droves. (laughs) We have this instinct, and and I think it's because, and I don't mean sensitive as in, well, yeah, maybe we are sensitive, but it's like we have these feelers about us that, Every sense of us, like every hair on our body, every brain sensor, everything that is built into us is on high alert. And and I I just feel like it just we work on overtime. And people, you know, if I ever try to say that to somebody else that's not an adoptee or whatever, they look at me like, oh my gosh, here she goes again. Here she's talking about these <laughs> adoptee superpowers. And I think, you know what, I'd just like to knock you out of your chair right now. <laughs> because I'm not trying to say that, you know, we necessarily have something that somebody else doesn't have. We just have this extra dose of it or it's an extra bit of it or something that is there a little more than the average bear, you know. And I do, do you feel like that? Well, I definitely I mean, think. I mean, we have this heightened awareness, I, I believe, because yeah. 
we've always been like, where do I fit in? How do I fit in? Who am I? Uh, and so you're always looking for the puzzle pieces, the little clues. So you're always paying attention to things. Is right. does somebody let a word slip that they shouldn't have? You know, does that person look like me? Does that person act like me? Ooh, what was that piece of paper that you just took away from me? I think you know. So I think that we're we're hyper vigilant about things going on around us, right. trying to solve our mysteries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everything is yeah. We're on hyper aware all the time. I mean, but and I think we do pick it up. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I do think that while. We are that. I don't know. Maybe maybe we do have a superpower. Let's just call it adoptee superpower. <laughs> but I like that. so he was obviously, you know, ready for you to to find him. I mean, he wanted to find you. So, you know, he he definitely wanted to be in the in the in the mode of finding you. And and how has that reunion gone for you guys? It's really good. I mean, it's. He's family, you know. I mean, it's it's you can't get back the lost time, and that no. that's the biggest struggle that I have is I've missed everything in his life. Yeah, um, I missed him growing up. I missed him getting married. I missed the birth of his four children. I I can't get that back, and there's a lot of sadness that goes with that. Um, he didn't grow up with his siblings, you know. So as adults, you know, they're trying to form these sibling relationships. Um, and his adoptive father and his second adoptive mother are still alive. So I know how that goes. I'm an adoptee. Right. You know, you have split loyalties, um, and I'm, I'm not there to replace them. And they know that. I mean, we do right. grandkids' birthday parties, and the adoptive parents are there biological father and wife are there. My husband's there. I mean, we do things together as one big family, but I think that's something I learned growing up in my, my messed up household, you know. And not only did I adopt you, but my mother left me um, when I was in the fourth grade. I just came home from school and she was gone. Um, you know, my dad married and that ended badly. Um, so, I mean, people have come and gone out of my life and I've learned to define family very loosely, you know, Uh so to me, I, those are his adoptive parents. That's fine. They're family too. You know, right. My husband has been very receptive to, this is dad and I have a great relationship, you know, and luckily our spouses are, are good with that and they're willing you know, for the four of us to be together and do things with our son and our grand grandchildren, um, and I think that's very very important. And you know, we they are invited to holidays at all, you know at our house, and he knows my biological mother and um, his biological aunt. Um, he hasn't met my my brothers on the paternal side yet, but you know that'll come in time. But right. in trying to time and. You know, trying now our best to be a family and get to know one another. Right. Well, I just wish people could realize. I mean, you know, it's I I've likened it a lot of times, which you kind of just said, and it it's very similar. I mean, 
it's very similar to divorce. I mean, there there is so much, you know, family. And we can never have too much love for anybody. I mean, there is never enough people to love one person. So um, just take a step back, people, and, you know, just love everybody around. I mean, you know, I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape, right? I mean, you know, it's, you can't have enough love in 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 a room. So um, I think it's amazing when you can have 10 people love one person. So let's do that. And, you know, um, you know, your son is, is lucky to have all these people and, you know, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's amazing that, that you've been able to merge all these families and I mean you've gone through hell. I mean literally you've gone through hell. And I'm glad you found him. And he's he's had some health issues. You and I've talked a little bit about that and you know, it's been it's been hard on him, you know. So Yeah, that's why he originally started searching for me. Um he has his his oldest son who's seventeen now. Um We've been in reunion four years, so it's been nine years um, since he started, he and his son, who's helping him, um, started searching for me because he has a genetic problem and it's, you know, it's an autoimmune disease and he's trying to figure out where did this come from, you know, how bad is this going to get? And, um, you know, when he found, found me, that was one of the first things, you know, he asked me about and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't have yeah. it. Um, I said, you know, let's talk to your dad and find out if he has it. When we sat down and met for the first time, his, his dad has similar things, so I, we don't know where it came from. Um, but, you know, all we can do is, he, you know, he's in a lot of pain, and I, I feel bad for him. Um, you know, wish I could take that away. I, I don't know how he got it, but he has it, and so we do our best to you know, support him in that. And it makes it difficult for him to be a parent of four children and have a job right. and you know, always be in pain and everything. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what led him to search. Because I, honestly, like I said, I really figured oh, I had a son, you know, boys don't care right. that much. You know, he'll probably never come look for me. So maybe he wouldn't if he hadn't have been ill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I and I notice, like, I've always told people, especially, you know, like, I mean, you know, moms, I mean, they'll, they're always, they're always worried. You know, they'll, they'll say to me, well, you know, do you think, do you think they, you know, my child is looking for me? Well, I, I don't always have an answer. You know, I, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say, yes, of course, but, most of the time, yes. I mean, without a doubt, yes, usually. Um, but with with the male adoptee, it's different. Um, and if you're a male adoptee listening, I don't want to, you know, put you in a corner or categorize you in a certain way. But at a certain age, it's different. The younger male adoptee is a little different. Um, and... The female adoptee, I think, has that maternal pool, you know, to to want to look, especially because, you know, 
you know, we carry, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, we'll be, you know, wanting to have children and, you know, for the male adoptee, if there's a significant other, you know, kind of saying, hey, listen, you know, if we're going to get married, if we're going to have kids or, you know, whatever, that that will pull the male adoptee to a certain direction, you know. Um, but guys have a different different outlook to it sometimes. So that will depend on whether they want to look or not. And they may see things in a more black and white kind of view. I don't know if you witnessed that a little bit, but um, that's just how I've kind of seen it in, in my, you know, searching and helping people. Um, I just, you know, I think they just, you know, again, it, that's the whole, you know, world of men and women, though, you know. And in the in the older days, you know, the the older male adoptee would not search unless, you know, um, you know, his uh, adoptive parents were deceased, one or both, and that was just usually the statistic. You know, um, you know that was just how I, and it was almost always that way. But now it's it's different. I think we're getting into this more open, you know. Um, I think looking stages, you know. So, um, but I, I think it just depends on if they've in a state, obviously, with the records are open or not. And I'm so thankful that we are getting so close to Indiana opening, and that's going to make our state go, I think, crazy. So I'm hoping more male adoptees are hearing about it and hopefully we're going to get more calls so we can educate them. I mean... Oh, it, I know. It, I mean, it's... Go ahead. Go hard ahead. to believe it's almost here. I know. I know. I mean, I just... I mean, we were at two years and I think, you know, here we are right now. So... um I mean, did your son read anything, or was he even aware of anything? Um, I mean, do you think he knew of anything, or was he just totally winging it when he was when he found you? I oh, mean, he did he know anything I mean, about anything, he didn't, or was he just coming in? No, just no. I didn't yeah, think so. I mean, I think he anybody didn't know does. about the registry. Yeah, nobody knows about the registry for some reason. Um, I'm sure they were just, you know, Googling for, you know, uh, you know, finding adoption registries and, um, you know, putting them, putting his information out there. Um, he did contact um, the adoption agency and they gave him no information. They were no help to him. So even right. though they told me that they would tell him this stuff, that, you know, they had letters there from me, nothing. They, they were right. not about to help him. They didn't offer him any sort of information or help, you know. So that was a phone call that I had with them when I got back, you know, kind of uh, right. read them the riot act about this is what you told me. And I specifically named the caseworker who told me all this stuff. Um, you know, right. I have been coming here. I've been giving you this information. If you knew you weren't going to do anything with it, then why take it? Right. Why play along with the game? You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And you know they had nothing to say about it. I felt a little better in telling them off, not in a rude way, but you know, just that well, I know yeah. what you did. 
you're not getting away exactly. with this, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, you know, the, I mean, getting support for the moms, the whole, the whole thing needs to be different. I mean, we, everything needs to change. I mean, there are too many children in foster care. There's too many ways to do this differently. This, I mean, well, we could just do about 10 shows on this to do it differently. But, um, you know, here we are with what we've got, and hopefully we can make a difference with, you know, the opening of records and the conference we're going to do. And, you know, we're just in the small part we can you know, try to make the difference with what we can do. So I'd like to change the world, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, even... Just, <laughs> you know, you've um, been in this world, and you've been fighting the fight for a long time. I'm new <laughs> to this this world, um, you know, because I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to be the little good adoptee here, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut, and I'm not going to say anything, not going to rock any boats, you know. But then, I, you know, I... I read something online, found out about here, went to the website, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) Finally, somebody's doing something about it because, you know, I was too afraid, and I I had no idea how to do anything. So, I mean, it's because of, you know, here's amazing work that, you know, this this happened. Um, You know, it it is going to change people's lives, whether the outcome is what they wanted or not. You know, if they get a dad like mine, who's like, talked to me on the phone once, quickly gave me some current health information, and now ignores me. Um, right. never seen him. Um, you know, so what? I mean, that is still better than what we have right. before. <laughs> you know? Right. I, I at least right. now know when I go to the doctor, you know, I about cried. I went to a new doctor this year, gotten all my health information, and I actually had to fill out the form for the first time. And I'm like, I filled out the whole form, and I'm like, I just filled out a form with health history. I didn't write right. the word adopted on here. That right. was a big deal to me. Right. I just right. kind of sat there looking at this paper going, wow, <laughs> what just happened? No, <laughs> so, I am so, um, I am so psyched. I am. I am psyched that, and you know, um, I don't care that that adoptees won't know that it's us that did it. I mean, that we, that Pam Krosky or, you know, Marcy Keithley or Jennifer Falsing or, you know, everybody else who helped did it. That we did it, though, that, because there's going to be tons of adoptees who go get their OBC. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love for them to know that that we did it, so that that they know somebody did it, that they can attach a, a face to it. But not because I wanted to say thank you, just so that they know that there is that it's not just some random legislator. But I mean, that's great too. I mean, but I think it would be great that they. Yay, that somebody believed in them to do it, I guess is the reason I say that. Not because I want them to send me a thank you card and, you know, whatever. That's not the point. Um, it's exciting. Exactly. And I, mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get involved um, until after I found both my son and my mother. Yeah. You know, so why? 
why would I do this? I have right. solved my searches, you know. Right. But the reason for right. doing yeah, it, I, I'd already found it. Didn't ha- it, did, it wasn't for me. It, it didn't change my life. I yeah. mean, I, I'd already was, I was already in reunion. Um, and, I mean, I, I found my dad, I think, you know, I mean, I did it through DNA and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, there will be so many people who will do this and have no clue who did this, you know, that here did it or, you know, anybody else did it. But when when they do it, they're just, you know, they're going to, I'm scared for them that they won't have the help they need. That's my worry. And that they won't know, you know, that there's people like us out there that will walk them through, you know, this scary time and this scary um, process, you know, that they won't know that there's help out there. And that's what I'm scared about for them. But, you know, we're out there for them. I mean, there's all kinds of help. I mean, they don't just have to go to us. I mean, there, there's all kinds of help. But that's my fear is that they won't know that they can talk to people, that there's groups out there, um, that there's conferences out there to go to. And, you know, they need that kind of help. Um, there's books to read and movies to watch and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I, mean, honestly, I mean, I didn't things. know about those things. It wasn't until... You know, I met you and Marcy that I'm like, wow, this other <laughs> mom that, 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 you know, yeah. Marcy was another mom, you know, to get, and then, you know, we did the first conference this year and what an experience to be in a room filled with so many other people that have had similar experiences, um, you know, for me to find another mom that, you know, an adoptee mom combination because, you know, I thought, okay, I'm the only person out there like that. I didn't know anybody else like that. You know, right. I go to a conference and I meet other people like that um, that I can't remember huge chunks of time. I'm like, right. what is wrong with me? Why can't I remember this? Well, I go to a conference and I learn that that's not uncommon. You know, you yeah. suffered a trauma. And it was so traumatic that you just blocked that out. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's why I can't remember anything. You know, I mean, it just, it was so helpful. And it would have been really great to have that experience beforehand. So I was a little bit better prepared for it. I mean, I'm, I'm a smart person. I can figure these things out. And, you know, luckily I have both sides of it. So, I mean, I think that gives me a slight advantage in the reunion situation because I can switch my thinking, you know, instead of just thinking just like an adoptee or just like a mom, I can switch back and forth and say, okay, now how do I feel as an adoptee or how do I feel as a mom Right about this situation? Yeah, it's got to be hard. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I, I mean... It's hard enough being one or the other, but to be both, I don't know how you, I don't know how your brain, because that's that's a lot of trauma to go through. I mean, going through one or the other is enough, but to suffer both, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, and you know, definitely, I, I there have been times on you know different groups or whatever where and I get you know social media, it's anonymous say what you want to say, but, you know, really been attacked 
um, by it because, you know, how how could you, as somebody who was adopted, allow right. under any circumstances somebody to take your child? Right. What would you like me to do? I was right. 16 years old. I was yep. thrown out, sent away, basically locked up and had my son taken from me. What would you like me to do? I had no power at 16. Right, right. You didn't have any choice, you know? No. I mean, if you could and, go back you know, and my read... parents put a restraining order on his father to keep his father away. Right, right. Well, what were you supposed to do? You know, you would change it if you could. Yeah. I mean, I would have done anything I could have to kept him. But yeah, and, I there mean, is nothing to be done as a 16-year-old. No, no, you had no power. And who knows, yeah, there no. might have been resources out there, but, you know, I went, I got kicked out of my school, because that's what they did back then, they kicked you out of school. Sure, um, sure. And I was sent to a special school in Fort Wayne for unwed mothers, and right. it was right across the street from the adoption agency. Now, I was the only white girl in class, and I was the only girl that was not being allowed to keep her baby, but I had to go from school, cross the street, and meet with my social worker every day after school to be reminded that if you've done a bad thing, I love you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you'll forget. Really, they said that every every day? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, every day after school, wow. 30 minutes, I meet with my social worker to be reminded I was a bad person and had to atone for my sins and... Well, of course, of course, they had to tell you that every day. What you'd forget if you didn't tell you that every day. Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. So I can't imagine. Week, you know. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I mean that that being pounded into your head every single day. How how I mean, I don't know how you climb out of that. I don't know how you have. I really don't. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know how you get out of that that frame of thinking you can't I mean that, that's got to stick with you I'm sure it still is I don't because you you can't get out of thinking that you know no and like I said I mean you know obviously other than my very immediate family knew about it and never was spoken of ever we're not allowed to discuss it my best friend growing up who was also adopted knew um, my best friend that I made when I was sent away I made a best friend she knew and my husband knew. That's all. Three, I had three people in my life that knew that I could talk to. And then still, they don't want to hear that all the time. So you very rarely bring it up. But, you know, it took me till I was 50 years old to publicly say that. And it was terrifying to say it. Wow. Wow. I just can't imagine it. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, and it's, and it was done over and over and over. I mean, how many times over? I mean, I would love, I don't even know, there's no statistic done, but how many, how many girls suffered this? I mean, how many? I mean, there's, there's no, we can't add the numbers up. I don't, I would love to know how many there, this was done to. I mean, not just in Indiana. I mean, if we if right. we add all these 
these moms up. We, I don't even know. I would love to do this. You know how they do the hand, the hands across America. I mean, if we did the moms right. across America, you know. I mean, I can't imagine it. I mean, it, it's really mind-boggling. For once, I'm at a loss for words. That doesn't happen very often. I just can't even put it into a number or a thought that what, how many could it be? And and they wonder why, you know, then there's secondary infertility and, you know, what else goes on? I mean, we could list forever. I mean, then there then there would be sexual issues, and I know I'm getting way too, you know, deep with this, but why wouldn't there be? I mean, you right. could never well, then. I mean, I had my. Yeah. I had yeah. my daughter six years later, and. Right. You know, here's this little tiny baby, and and how it's been drummed in my head that. I'm not good enough to be a mom. I was terrified of this little tiny baby. Right. It was time to put clothes on her to take her home. And I'm like, I can't dress her. Right. My husband, my husband dressed our baby for the first time because I couldn't, couldn't do it. You know, and we were home from the hospital a few days getting settled in. And my husband had a party that he had to go to. And I was just like in hysterics and he was going to leave me alone yeah. with this baby yeah. for a couple of yeah. hours. Yeah. And it took me a while to get over that and realize, okay, I can parent this child. I can provide for its care. Nothing bad's going to happen while I'm watching the child alone. But that's the number they had done on me that I wasn't capable of doing it. Oh my gosh, we are almost out of time, Jennifer. We have we have just done this. We could go on for like forever. You are you have been such a good help. Honestly, we need to do another show. We need to do another show. This was this was so good, you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Um, and you guys can message me and you can tell me we need to do another one with Jennifer. This was so good, and I want to thank you for just giving me such good information and. Um, I love everything you've given everybody, and I hope you guys um, enjoyed today. And go to our website, come to our conference. Jennifer and I, um, we may do a, we're going to do a workshop for sure for Indiana adoptees. Um, We're going to show everybody how to fill out the forms. Um, Stay tuned for all the guests that are going to be a part. You can get on our website, which is. IndianaAdopteeNetwork.org. Um, just stay tuned, you guys. This is going to be a great, great uh, series. Uh, we have more guests to come. Um, we'll put them on our website, like I said, and on our Facebook page. Um, it's just going to be so good, you guys. And thanks again, Jennifer. Uh, this was a great show. And um, you have lots You're of good welcome. information. So, you guys... Stay tuned. And as always, you guys, blue skies and green lights. Until next time. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay, bye, guys.